Hi, and welcome to the Dapper Dividends Podcast. My name is Russ, and for the remainder of this podcast, I will indeed be Russ. For your listening pleasure, you get to listen to the dulcet tones of my voice. Coming to you live from Chicago. Well, I'm on the outskirts of Chicago, and I'm happy to be talking with you once again. Holy smokes, I hope that wasn't a little bit too fast. Sounded like a little bit of the scat man coming at you. No, I'm Russ, and here we're Dapper Dividends. Well, this is the Dapper Dividends podcast, and what are we all about here? Well, we're all about something I'm going to be leaning a lot heavier into in 2023, which is, in a nutshell, just generating income without selling stocks. That's the thing I'm doing now. That's the name of the game. So excited to talk to you about that. Holidays are going on, right? I hope you've had a good holiday and we're back at it, man. I'm back in the house in front of a microphone, not holding a phone to my mouth, driving through a blizzard. Well, obviously holding it to my, into my facial regions is where I'm holding it, everybody. (laughs) I'm having fun, having fun. Leaky pipes going on here. That's the thing about if you don't own a home, you don't understand the joy of having to keep this bad boy, this mofo up and running and going all the time. It takes time, money, and effort. It takes time. I was going to sing a song, but I can't think of what it was, so I just melded three songs into my own songtacular vernacular that I'm throwing and spitting at you in your ears. So, yeah, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about predictions. This is something I like. Uh, when people, websites, entities, cult leaders, whoever it may be, make their presentations and predictions inside of those presentations, mind you. Yeah, I did mean to say predictions and I said presentations, but that was pretty nice playing it off, right? Slick. Slick Willie Russ, they call me. No, then nobody calls me that. When I walk into town, everybody's like, hey, yo, what's up, Russ? What's going on, Slick Willie Russ? No. No. Come on, gotta. So we do have a leaky drain pipe, and I know that because there was water all over the floor. The the drain pipe coming from the upper part of my house, which goes down to the lower part of my house, <laughs> there was water all over the floor in my uh, downstairs bathroom, and I said, Hey, this doesn't seem right. Normally when I step into the bathroom, my socks are not soaking wet. So that's a little fun thing we got to do. So a couple prayers to baby Jesus and the flex seal. We're hoping that that's going to hold strong and uh, I won't have to go ripping out piping in the house. It's just a copper pipe with a little little crack down the middle of it. Down the backside. Crack down the backside and the crack side. What's up, baby? Yeah, so we are here. We made it safe. Dude, it was insane. We went to the Blackhawks game last Friday, a week ago come tomorrow from when I'm recording this at least. Oh my god, it was 35 below zero wind chills. My daughters thought they had frostbite. I had to tell them, no, you don't have frostbite just being out in the, uh, walking from the car to the old United Center where them Blackhawks do play. You don't get frostbite in five minutes and uh, yeah, but we survived and today it was 60 degrees. (laughs) All the snow's melting so Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it when I can get it. You know, as somebody that works outside, I always say between, oh, I don't know, between November 1st and March 1st, any day that I get that's above freezing or at freezing is just a godsend. I love it. And I'm going to tell you right now as I transition into the, do you know what I just did, dude? 
I was just thinking about. <clears throat> well, I'm just thinking. I'm always thinking about things. I'm thinking about a lot of things. And the dividend income that I received this week, I did a short on it. I'm gonna try and do one of these a week. And by the way, if you don't speak uh, English as your first language, I do apologize. I uh, hope you're keeping up with me. You can always slow it down. Just go ahead and slow that on down to half speed. But if you do speak English and you want to get through this mumbo jumbo jambo bam, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to string together a bunch of nonsense. It's a soliloquy of nonsense for you is what I was going to do. But anyway, uh, the dividend income, I did a short on that on YouTube. Going to try and do one of those. I also give it away. Every, give it away now. I give it away every week in my newsletter, which is free of charge. You can sign up on the link below, and for doing that, you're going to get my ebook for free, Brief Thoughts on Life, Love, and Investing. Uh, I did record that just a few years ago, everybody. Let me take a sip of the old water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Someday we'll do the old, um, what is that called? Ah, God bless it. Here we go. We're, we're already losing my mind. The ASMR, that's what it is. <clears throat> Not going to do that. But I did receive some money from Main Street Capital. 13 bucks. Nice. Nice. On uh, Thursday today, $76.50 from Aries Capital, ticker ARCC. Now, that is nice because what happened? Well, 150 shares at 48 cents per share dividend. That's not monthly, unfortunately, it's $72. And then there's a three cent per share special dividend. So that's an additional $4.50 right there. And then tomorrow, the 30th, and whenever you're listening to this, could be passed already. I'm going to get dividends, man. I'm going to get dividends from Lockheed Martin, $30 on those 10 shares in the taxable account. And then this will be the last. Uh, Simon Property Group, they are a REIT. They're the last REIT that I do hold inside of my taxable account. So those are going to be sold here right after the first of the year. There's no loss on that. Um, there will be a small, small capital gain. But I got $1.80 per share times 10 shares. That's $18 from Simon Property Group. And I'm going to be moving them to the... Self, I'm sorry, to the Roth. I'm going to move them to the Roth because January 1st, it resets. I can put in, did they, I don't think they bumped it. Should have looked. $6,000 is usually what it is. It might be $6,500 now because I know they increased the, here in the United States, the contribution limits to your like 401k that you have through your work to $22,500. I should have looked up the Roth, but Anywho, I'm going to be moving those to the Roth because uh, I'm not going to pay taxes ever again on the dividends with that. So yeah, it'll look, you know, a little lumpy. My div my patty is going to drop a little bit in the taxable, but it's going to go right back up. And yeah, it fudges with the uh, cost basis for those shares because I got a really, really, I think I'm at like 60 bucks on average for those. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, a ta capital gain uh, hit. Actually, I should have looked at while we're looking. Let me let me do this and tell you because I can just pull it up right here. My capital gain on those will be for 
$277 because my yield on cost is 8.03% on those 10 shares, which my average cost, I lied to you, bald-faced lie, $89.61, which, you know, it, it's fun. I'll lose track of it, but I'll always know that my true yield on cost will be somewhere around $90 a share. So that's what I'm doing with Simon Propertia Group. And I think those were all the dividends. Receiving some dividends in that wedding account on DIVO, which is a covered call, a dividend covered call ETF. We won't get into that. That's in the wedding account. By the way, I started that wedding account, I think in March, $100 a month, 50 bucks for each of my two daughters. And I'm splitting that between DIVO and SCHD. So I can keep track of those. Uh, two ETFs. They looked interesting. I'd been looking at them for a while. And yeah, uh, DIVO uh, is in, they're both interesting. SCHD, there's a ton of info on it. It's just one of the most solid dividend ETFs uh, brought to you by the fine, fine folks at Schwab. Schwing by Schwab is uh, that. So those are what I did receive. And again, if you want to just get it every week. If you miss a podcast, you can get my newsletter free of charge. Check it out a couple times. If it gets annoying and you don't like my style, go ahead and unsubscribe. I won't care. Ain't going to matter to me. You're lost, buddy. And you know, it's funny. Having a little bit of fun is what I want to do. I'm, I'm reading the essays of Warren Buffett, which lessons for corporate America, corporate America is what it's called. Got that for Christmas and I'm, I'm tearing through it, dude. I'm doing minimum 10 pages a day. And for me, sometimes I get busy, dude. We are all busy. And Charlie Munger, I've also been listening to the to the Berkshire annual meetings. I'm going to listen to all of them from since 1994. They do, oh man, they do. It, it's, it's a lot. There's a morning session and an afternoon session. So about, I don't know, five hours-ish. Um, about 300 minutes or so, 24, yeah, that's, <laughs> sorry, counting on my fingers, so somewhere about five hours-ish to in total every year, and I'm doing that from 94 all the way up until 2022, so I'm basically a Berkshire cult member as it, as it is now, and I'll be able to sing the songs of our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Warren Saviors, the demigods up there, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, but they're not perfect. They're, they'll be the first to tell you, uh, as Charlie Munger is fantastic. I don't know the word I'm looking for. I wanted to say famous, but I had never heard this before I started listening, so I don't think I would say famous, but he says that losses don't show up on a balance sheet. They don't show up on the financial statements or things, mistakes that you did by not getting into a position is what he means by that, where... Uh, Walmart is one of their their big mistakes that they didn't buy more of back in the day because uh, it started going up and they both said they get anchored to that price and kind of like we do, like I do, I start buying Target. I you know I just bought some shares at one thirty nine, one forty, one forty one. Now it's pushing one fifty and I'm like, I'm like dude, I don't know. It's it's a little bit high. I'm gonna wait and it may never come back down. So that's a that's a thing that Warren learned. They should have paid up for things. And they both say that they, when they have mistakes, they rub their noses in those mistakes. And they want to learn from them. They want to learn from, um, you know, they want to learn from, from those mistakes. So that is 
Warren and Charlie, and it's just awesome. I may be putting a video together on on them. Some you know, every time I hear something I like, I take a screenshot, so I'm gonna have to go back and do that legwork to to find out where they are. But one real interesting thing I wanted to tell you about, and I had the whole presentation pulled up. You know what? If you want to read through it yourself, really, really well done presentation. There is a link to it in the description below. And it is Land and Buildings Management has, they're one of the major shareholders in Six Flags, the theme park. And what they want to do is they're proposing uh, an opco-propco split, meaning that the property will be split from the operating company where a REIT will be taking charge of the property that all the Six Flags sit on, pay, paying, good God, paying Six Flags uh, a bunch of money for the property. They can use that to pay down debt and whatnot. There's pluses and minuses to it. Uh, I think that Six Flags should just run a better product. A lot of problems. They went bankrupt in the, oh, when was it? 2009, they went bankrupt. And then they restructured and re-IPO'd in 2010. But this is a really well-done PowerPoint presentation, about 38 pages if you want to take a peek at it. One of the things that stood out is that they were saying that Vici Properties, ticker VICI, which is a company I own and a lot of us own. Now, they merged with MGM Growth Properties, which that was like an Opco and Propco split, both of those. MGM split into MGM Gaming, I think, and then uh, MGM Growth Properties, which was the real estate, the landlord, and then Caesars Entertainment, and then Vici Properties did the uh, same thing. But um, yeah, so they're just saying at least a doubling could happen for Six Flags shares from these prices if they were to do this, that it would unlock value. And Vici, by the way, has said that they wanted to get into pursuing like theme parks and family things and family. Sorry, as you can tell, I'm looking for this here. Here, you hear my mouse clicking? It's cricking. Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. Have a drumstick and your brain starts cricking. Cricking. <laughs> so Vici had said in one of their um one of their their things. <laughs> this is really nice. Hey, this is what you get when you got a welder talking about this stuff. That they have uh investments in Chelsea Piers, Great Wolf, Big Shots Golf, and Cabot. So Vici has made their first allocations outside of uh, allocations of capital outside of gaming. So they are saying that we want to look, uh, they are, or they're basically trying to pitch it and get Vici's uh, attention and saying, hey, maybe you want to buy all or some of, uh, to get outside of gaming in Vegas because they own Caesar's Palace and Venetian. And if you want to own the Las Vegas Strip, you go Vici, ticker V-I-C-I. Uh, very, very solid company. And they're just looking to grow and they want to grow into theme parks. So we're seeing that this could potentially happen. Uh, also, they mentioned like, um, who else? Realty income, G ticker GLPI, gaming and leisure 
something, Properties Incorporated or some stuff like that. I don't know. Anyway, there's a little bit of smoke there that one of the major majority shareholders in Six Flags, which is Land and Buildings, is really trying to push. Push? No, they're trying to push Six Flags into separating. And now you know that's your new term is Opco and Propco. And they kind of do that with a sale leaseback agreement, which we saw Realty Income do last year. Early last year, they did this when they split up. uh, Oh, they didn't split up. They bought Wynn Resorts, uh, Wynn Casino out there in Boston. They bought it and then they they bought it from Wynn and then they leased it back like a 20-year lease or something to to win to operate on their new property now. So win got money, realty income gets uh, an already set up piece of real estate that's functioning and cash flowing. So it's really an interesting thing. And, and I think we could get way deeper into it, but we're not going to. So just know that if you are a Vici shareholder or Six Flags, maybe you want to take a stab at that, see what happens. But they're kind of a poo-poo company right now, Six Flags. Uh, the the amusement park is bad. And if you don't know, their new CEO, which took the helm in 2021, he um, his name is Selim Basul. And he used to be in a company called Middleby Corporation, ticker M-I-D-D. It's a food service equipment uh, global leader. But anyway, so he's the one that said it was kind of became like a daycare for uh, for kids and teenagers. So he wanted a higher price clientele. He wanted to raise prices, keep the riffraff out. Well, it's kind of like he's saying, well, we we're, want less business and that's kind of what has been going on with them. So uh, here we go. This is what I thought would be fun to do for the uh, the somewhat end of the year special podcast, I guess. Dude, we're already at 18 minutes. This is crazy. Time just flies by and you guys just listen to me talk and talk and talk. But there was a few predictions. I won't go into all of them. This article, uh, I will also link below, was from Vox. And it was from January 1st, 2022, almost a year ago. 22 things we think will happen in 2022. And it's just a weird thing that, unfortunately, and I don't know why it is, that humans just crave wanting to know the future. They crave future predictions. And I think people allow themselves to be swindled. And it's because people want to believe that somebody can predict the future is why, man, why a lot of people do that. They'll take money from, you know, but you got to remember what, even if it's stocks, when you hear analysts give price targets and anything, nothing is, nothing is known. Nothing is written in stone. No, that rhymed. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. I always say this to you. Never forget it. And it's easy. Un momento, por favor. Necesito un... uh, I don't know the word sip in Spanish. It's dry, dude. I'm spraying that Flex Seal. I think it's uh, got me goopy here. (laughs) It's got me goopy. Aren't you normally goopy? I am normally, but... Turned up to to, uh, 11, you know, turned up to 12 rhymed. And I was like, my brain said like, no, dude, you always say turned up to 11. So there was that little bit of conflict of interest that was going on there. Cognitive dissonance, I think they call it. But 
kind of funny here on this Vox article, and we'll just go through a couple of the top ones where they had a 95% chance that the Democrats will lose their majorities in the U.S. House and Senate. That kind of happened. Uh, didn't quite go to plan. Uh, they said inflation in the U.S. will average under 3%. Oops, that one was a ginormous miss. Uh, unemployment in the U.S. will fall below 4% by November. They got that one. They had set an 80% chance. Uh, Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade. That happened. 65% chance. Uh, they said 55% chance Stephen Breyer will retire from the Supreme Court. That one happened. And then they go on to have stuff uh, all in the world, like Emmanuel Macron will be reelected as president of France. That happened. Uh, 55% Jair, 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 I think it's Jair Bolsonaro will be reelected as president of Brazil. That one did not happen. And anyway, so the point of this is, as I kind of start bringing us into the final, final descent is that dude, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows, but I know what I know is I know what I know. I know <laughs> I know what I control is what I do with my mind, my body, and my money. That's truly in this life the only thing I have control over. And I mean, I don't even have control over my wife or my children. I can try to impart wisdom on them and hope they will do some of the right things. But you know, I think that's where a lot of frustration in life comes from is us just wanting other people to do what we want them to do, like they're, you know, our, our personal automatons or something. But just remember that you, the only thing in this world that you control is your mind, what you spend your money on and your body. Uh, so what I'm focusing on is I'm listening to Warren and Charlie, and it's really being driven home how serious they were about their circle of competence. Warren repeatedly would say that if you have a friend or somebody talking about a stock tip or something they bought and it sounds interesting, but you kind of understand it, he said, you don't understand it. It's not in your circle of competence. And it's best to either do some serious, serious deep diving and educating to get to the point that you do understand it or don't invest in it. And I really thought about that. And it really kind of hit home for me to focus on the businesses and what really hit home was Intel. Intel is a stock that I have been buying. And I think I'm with that one, at least I'm recognizing it, is that I've been buying the story that Pat Gelsinger has been selling. It's been getting ugly. Their negative free cash flow for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years or so, a couple decades almost, if not more. But Pat Gelsinger, the former chief technical officer of Intel took over for Bob Swan, who was the former chief financial officer. So you can see what kind of damage was done when you had a CFO as the chief executive officer, as opposed to what we have now, which is a somebody that's technical and knew the company really, really well inside and out. And honestly, and I, I'd like you to answer this and ask yourself, especially if you're an Intel investor, what makes their technology superior to that of like Texas Instruments or Taiwan Semiconductor or Broadcom or any of these other chip producers, I mean, maybe even Qualcomm? Um, 
there's even Micron is AMD is another. What what makes their chip head and shoulders above superior to that of just say AMD? And if I'm being honest with you, I have to say I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I see numbers. I see like it go the processes stuff this fast and AMD's does that fast and the, but honestly, I I don't know what what makes I cannot explain to you what makes Intel superior or inferior to another semi chip to another conductor. I, I don't know, but if I think about Target, okay, do I know the difference right now between uh, Target, Walmart, Kroger, Albertsons, <laughs> uh, Big Lots, Dollar General, stuff like that? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. And I, I, I just understand how those businesses work. And for me, I think we all know that Walmart and Target are the two big giants and they're both a little different. We go to Walmart for a lot of groceries, things like that. But Walmart, yeah, they're cheaper. Walmartians, you, it's you know we make the joke. We say we're gonna go slum it in Walmart and whatnot. But Target feels a little more upscale, a little bit nicer. Uh, sometimes a little bit nicer products they say. But right there, I can probably sit down and and talk with any of you for thirty minutes about the pros and cons of Walmart and Target. And what I think each could do better, different, less of, more of, whatever. But do you think I could talk to you for 30 minutes about the pros and cons of Intel's chips versus AMD's chips? Hell no. Hell no, I can't. So right there. And the whole point of that is, is if you can't understand that, then what degree of confidence can you invest with these companies to know that if you're investing for the long run, if I'm not talking to traders, this is a this is a program for people that are me like buy and hold investors for many, many years. Yes, we may sell if things change, if things go south. What was it? Uh, John Maynard Keynes said, you know, when the facts change, you change. He changes his uh, mind with the opinion or, you know, what do you do when the facts change? You change your actions. So that's that's where I'm thinking and where I'm going. And you know, it's it's a little hard to say that. It's a little humbling, especially somebody that's bought Intel, done Intel videos. But I mean, this is this is about me and evolving and being honest and open and where I'm going. I'm going to be with you guys for a long time. Uh, even if I stop doing the YouTube channel for whatever reason, this podcast, I would probably do it a few times a week. And it's just, you know, I'd like to do more news and things like that. But once a week, I have so much to say. I literally could probably put together like a five-hour podcast with just everything that I, I, I'm thinking about right now today. But I have to whittle it down. And I want to keep it 30 minutes. Just, you know, you got more important things to do than just hear me yammer on. So I'd like you to ask yourself that. With And I'm going to make a spreadsheet. I'll probably do a video on this. I got a lot of ideas for videos I say I'm going to do, right? But I want to do this. I want to do a circle of competence spreadsheet. All the companies I own, as it is right now, I want to do a very competent, uh, somewhat competent, and not at all. And I, if I'm being honest, 
I invest in Target. I've been buying Target heavy on the dips. Why? Because I'm very confident in 10 years that the supply chain issues are going to correct, their inventory issues are going to correct, management raised the dividend 20% to show their confidence in the company going forward over the long term. I cannot foresee a situation that I can think of right now where Target is not here in 10 years. It may happen, but I think it is extremely highly unlikely from everything I know and see. But Intel? Man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, something could come out. AMD could drop a bomb. We won't say that. AMD could release some kind of tech and it completely obliterates their competition and Intel goes away in two years. I, I doubt it because they have that government money coming in. But, you know, it's just, I mean, Lockheed Martin, I was going to talk to you guys about uh, from FactSet, they put out the what percentage of of government money it funds these companies and Lockheed Martin is 99%, 99%, which is good and bad. It's good because in an, in a recession, they're going to be able to keep that money coming in pretty confidently. So that's it, man. That's it, everybody. That's what I want you to do. That's what I'm doing different is I'm really, really going to be introspective and think hard about my circle of competence and, investing in what I know and maybe even maybe even selling out of some positions to consolidate into my circle of competence. And that's what Warren and Charlie do. And if Warren Buffett can say he loves Bill Gates, he understands how Microsoft works, but he doesn't understand their moat. This is going back to the 90s and early 2000s. He doesn't understand their moat that he's just simply not going to invest with Berkshire's money, and I think he said he picked up a few shares of with his own money, but I'm going to do the same, man. I'm going to do the same, and that's one of the ways I'm evolving to become a better investor and share it with each and every one of you. And again, you could do like Brian Snow did. If you want to drop me an email and talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about, you can hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78. Drop me a line, Russ at DapperDividends.com. Uh, you can always go to DapperDividends.com. I really don't do much on the website anymore. It's just kind of there. But the links are up there for the portfolios that I do share, which I update once a week on the weekend with uh, with that at over at Degrin.com. So, hey, uh, yeah, I, I know I said I was going to talk to Cody from Citizen of the Year YouTube channel. We're still trying to hammer that out. I think we're going to talk Saturday morning and then also Sunday morning on New Year's Day, I'm going to be doing a kickoff video. It's scheduled with Ryan Williams, Darth Dividend, and my guy out there in Israel, Ari Gutman. So we got things going on, everybody. But uh, if you only listen to the podcast, it's okay. I love you. And I will uh, hope you have your ear holes open and ready for me next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever it is that you get around to listening to this silly old little podcast. And uh, oh, yeah. I, my wife's going to be on with me on Saturday morning. We're going to do that before I talk to my other guy, Cody. So we're going to do just ask us anything fun last day of the year type of thing. Just no notes, no, whatever. Just if you want to pop on, say hello to us, um, say hello to my wife joining me. She's like, what am I going to say? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, Just answer questions. Be yourself. Say, I don't know if you don't know. That's what I do, but I do know. 
that I thank you so very much for tuning into this podcast once again and uh, being with me on this journey that I'm taking to financial independence through dividend growth investing. I love all you guys. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. (laughs) 